Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at pastorwood.org. And now, here's your host, Jim Wood. Folks, yesterday we began a series that was part of a series of messages I did in North Carolina for the Montreat Presbyterian Church. Um, a wonderful congregation of believers there who really love Jesus and are seeking to reach around the world with the gospel. I happen to grow up in the town of Montreat and still have a lot of friends in that place, and I thank God for those friendships, and I pray God's blessing on that church. I thought you were a Baptist. I am a Baptist, but I still have lots of Presbyterian friends. In any case, I was preaching uh, for the Montreat Church on the subject of perseverance, which was their request Presbyterians believe in the perseverance of the saints because that's what the Bible teaches. And so um, I'm going to be continuing that series today. Hope that the message will be an encouragement to you. Hope that you will be challenged and uplifted in the faith. And I hope that as you are, you'll let us hear from you. Remember, Where's Valley Ranch is provided by God to give an opportunity for children to have a place of healing and hope, to have a new future, a new life, in Jesus Christ, and I hope that you will help Where's Valley Ranch as you are able, and that today's message will be a help to you. So listen as we again look into God's Word. And so, when we go through trials of many kinds, we consider it pure joy because we know. We don't just think, we don't just hope, we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance and that perseverance is essential for maturity. In other words, you can't grow up and be what you're supposed to be without perseverance. And you can't persevere without being tested. I'll tell you, you know, it, it doesn't bug me as much I mean, it really doesn't. The stuff that God has taken me through in my life, as it does watching my kids have to go through stuff. I hate it. You know, I'd rather be sick than have them sick. I'd rather have a financial hit than have them have a financial hit. And then if they have a financial hit, am I supposed to bail them out or am I supposed to go, well, we'll be praying for you. And I know the answer to that, but I don't like the answer because I'd rather give them some money. Right? I remember when I was a little kid myself, and my dad was the preacher, and and dad would occasionally talk about the man who tried to help a butterfly get out of the cocoon. And of course, the butterfly dies because the way that it develops the strength to fly is by having to break out of the cocoon. Without going through that process, the butterfly does not have the strength to fly away. 
and without being able to fly away, it can't go and gather nectar and do the things that it has to do in order to live. I thought that was an interesting story. I didn't realize my dad was preaching to himself. Because when you're a parent, you really want to help your child, don't you? And sometimes the things we do to try and help our kids cripple them. There's even a term for it in our culture today, failure to launch. We've got a ton of young people who don't seem to be able to get out there. And it's partly because a lot of them were never allowed to go through anything really difficult because we wanted to be sure that they didn't get hurt. We wanted to protect them from bumps and bruises and insulate them and love on them. And so we did everything for them. Why should he have to learn to clean his room? Well, maybe so he won't grow up to be a pig. Okay? No, no, no. I'll just clean it for him. I want him to have a clean room. Well, if you want him to have a clean room, make him clean his room. Oh, no. He doesn't like to do that. Hey, I don't like to do that. How many of you have to do stuff you don't like to do? I mean, that's life. If we raise a bunch of kids who never have to do anything they don't like to do, they will think that they're supposed to go through life not having to do anything they don't like to do. And then we'll have a society that's kind of like this one. <laughs> so, in order for us to develop perseverance, we have to be tested in our faith. We've got to go through things that shake us up. C.S. Lewis, writing after the death of his wife, said, if my faith up to this point was a house of cards, it is the mercy of the Lord that he knocked it down so that the real thing could be built. When God shakes us up and causes us to question, are your promises true? Is this real? Do you answer prayer? It's not because God's being mean to us. It's because God is strengthening us. He is testing our faith that we might develop perseverance. A friend of mine sent me an email about a widower who uh, decided if he was going to get back in the game, so to speak, uh, he needed to go to the health club and try and get himself in shape. He had not been taking real good care of himself for a decade or more. And uh, now as a newly single man who didn't want to spend the rest of his life single, he thought he needed to improve his fitness level. So he joined a health club. His second visit to the health club, he saw a really good-looking lady who was about 20 or 30 years younger than he was. But she was so good-looking, and she wasn't wearing a ring, that he thought, I just, I'm just going to see if I've got a shot with her. So he said to the trainer, hey, uh, if I, uh, I want to impress that young lady over there, which of these machines should I uh, work out on? And the trainer looked and saw the young lady and looked at the older gentleman and said, I think the best piece of machinery for you to impress her with is the ATM in the lobby. You see, I want to be in great physical shape. I just don't like to exercise. I mean, 
Robert Barker. This guy just got back from a trail run at 10,000 feet in Montana. 20 miles? 20 miles. 20 miles at 10,000 feet. How does he do that? Well, it wasn't his first trail run. The reason he can do that is because he's been doing that. He's been exercising. He's been working at it. He's been staying in shape. I don't know about you. I want to have great faith with no tests. Okay? I want to be filled with faith, just trusting in God and never really having my faith put to the test. That's what I want. And what God tells us in His Word over and over and over again, that's not possible. When I look at the suffering of my kids, one of the thoughts that occurred to me years ago and has come back again and again is, who in the Bible had a life like I want for my kids? Can you think of anybody? I want my child to be like Moses. Put in a basket and uh, launched in a river and then taken out and brought up in a palace by a pagan, and no, that's not a very good start. Okay, well, what if we could just start from the time that he became an adult? Yeah, 40 years uh, on the backside of nowhere taking care of somebody else's sheep, and then another 40 years leading the Israelites around in the desert. No, okay, I don't want my kids to end up like Moses. Joseph, no. Uh, Daniel, Uh, no, no. Ruth, no. Esther, no. David. David had a good life, out taking care of the sheep, playing his harp, all that. Having spears thrown at him by the king. Okay, no, never mind. You see, there isn't anybody. All the heroes of the faith went through suffering, testing, trials, tribulation, persecution. All of them. How'd you like to have a boy like Jesus? 33 years old, he's nailed to a cross. You want that for your son? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance is essential for your maturity. You've got to have it in order to become mature and complete. Think of the little girl who's missing her teeth. Be that child. Be God's child smiling when your teeth get knocked out because you know something good is coming. Something permanent. Something eternal. Something that lasts. And even though it's not here yet, we have the joy right now. The joy is the evidence of our faith. We rejoice based on what we cannot yet see, but we know it's coming. We know it's coming because our Father told us so, and we believe Him. Amen? Amen. So look at verse 12 again. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who perform really well. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I may have closed the Bible prematurely there. Did I not read the right uh, translation? Let's see. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who understand all the intricacies of soteriology. No, I don't think that's what it says. It says to those who love him. To those who love him. You know what we need to do if we're going to have real faith in difficult times? We just need to keep loving God. Trusting Him. Believing His promises. Rejoicing in Him. Because when everybody else fails us and our health fails us and the money fails us and, and we can hardly get our breath and we can't remember where we put our car keys or maybe we can't remember who those familiar faces belong to. And we realize it's fading. And we hate to see it go because it was good. We enjoyed it while it lasted. What do we do? Love God. Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. So love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. That's what you need to be doing. That's the first and greatest commandment. Second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love. That's what it says. That's the, that's the thing that's supposed to be left after we go through the fire. This got burned away, this got burned away, this got burned away, but you know what endures? 1 Corinthians 13. This fades, this fails. Love never fails. That's what we're told over and over. Because love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So, there's a reason to rejoice. God, who loves us and is the reason for our love, has promised a crown of life that waits for us on the other side of the test. And therefore, because we know that, we rejoice. And we keep on rejoicing. Always. You are listening to Abiding in Christ with Pastor Jim Wood. This program is paid for by the generous donations of listeners like you. You can hear Pastor Wood's teachings 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at PastorWood.org. And when you visit PastorWood.org, we would greatly appreciate it if you would tell us a little bit about yourself and, if possible, also make a donation to this ministry. So please visit PastorWood.org today. Or give us a call at 866-41-ABIDE. Hi, this is Jim Wood with Abiding in Christ. As our financial year comes to a close on December 31st, we would be especially grateful to hear from you. This broadcast is funded by the generosity of God's people. And whether you use the postal service or give securely online by going to pastorwood.org or call us at 866-41-ABIDE. In any case, we're grateful for gifts large and small. Every gift matters, and we're trusting God to reward you. He promised he will. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand
I would ask you to open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Revelation, chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. This is God's Word. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the Word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long? Sovereign Lord, holy and true, until, you're ju- until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. May God add His blessing to this reading from His holy and inspired Word. How long, O Lord? How long? How long, Sovereign Lord? You're sovereign. You're in control. You're the ruler. God, we know You're in control. So how much longer are we going to suffer? We know it is within your power to intervene right now. We are not doubting your sovereignty. We are not questioning whether or not you have the power and the ability to do something. We just want to know why you don't do it. You could fix this in a moment. I mentioned in the previous message the fact that our oldest son had to have a lot of surgeries. Some of those surgeries required general anesthesia. His mom and I would go elsewhere and pray and try and be refreshed so that when he came out of anesthesia, we'd be there for him and we'd be awake and alert. First few surgeries, we sat right outside you know, the OR in the waiting area, praying fervently and kind of wringing our hands and trying to trust God and After a while, it occurred, and then, of course, when he finally came to from his anesthesia, he would want us to be there, and we'd be exhausted, because sometimes the surgeries went on a long time, particularly the orthopedic surgeries. So we, after a while, we discovered that um, they're not going to come out partway through the surgery and say, hey, we're having a problem. Can you come give us a hand? You know, the doctors don't do that. So we discovered it was better for us when he was under anesthesia, to go and get some rest so that when he came out of anesthesia, we were refreshed. And so we learned to do that. That meant, again, learning to surrender our boy and trust that God's working through other people to do for him what we can't do for him. Well, those were difficult times, but I'll tell you what was more difficult was the surgeries where it wasn't general anesthesia. Sometimes surgeries, sometimes procedures. Some of the surgeries that they did on Paul's lower legs, uh, they didn't have to use anesthesia at all because he has no sensation there. And so they would operate on him without anesthesia, and I would be right there with him while they were operating to try and distract him and entertain him and comfort him and so forth. But sometimes the procedures they were doing, particularly on his head, when they would have to stick a syringe in through the shunt or do what they called a tap of the shunt, Um, he would be terrified and had to be held down. And 
I would be there for that. And somebody had to be. And I didn't want his mom to be the one. And so I'd be there holding him. And he would plead with me. Even before he could speak, he would cry. And look at me like, why don't you do something? Why are you letting them do this to me? Help me. And of course, in order to help him, I wouldn't do what he said. I wouldn't give in. Because I loved him. And because I loved him, even when he didn't understand what I was doing, or why I was doing it, I did what I needed to do. He didn't appreciate it. And I'll tell you, it put a strain on our relationship for years. Because some of his earliest memories of me before he could talk were of me being the guy who held him while somebody else worked on him. And he didn't appreciate that. But I loved him enough to do what needed to be done. So that even if he didn't understand what I was up to, he knew I was there. How long, O Lord? How long, Sovereign Lord? How long? Why don't you do something? Folks, without perseverance, we're never going to be mature. I want to ask you, is your goal to be mature or is your goal to be comfortable? Is your goal to be refined or to avoid the fire? Because how does gold get refined? It has to go through the fire. Silver and gold are refined by being heated until the impurities come to the surface and they're skimmed away. We don't like circumstances that expose our impurities, do we? Do you ever notice how when the fire gets turned up in your circumstances, sometimes attitudes come to the surface that you didn't know were there? Anybody else ever have that experience? Do you know what happens when you get bumped? Stuff spills out. And you know what spills out? What was inside. And sometimes we don't like what spills out because we have this nice, clean cup on the outside. Jesus warned about that. Remember the Pharisees? He said, you guys are great at cleaning the outside of the cup, but on the inside you're filthy. And some of us church people who grew up in church, preacher's kid right here, we learned how to look really good on the outside, praise the Lord. Good to see you, brother. Happy that you're here too. God bless you, sister. God's good, isn't he? All the time, all the time. Bless the Lord. Can't wait to get out of here. Can't believe she came. What's she doing here? I can't believe this. Oh, well, praise God. I'm sorry, but there are a lot of people for whom church is show business. I mean, you show up, you do what you got to do, and you keep the appearances good. Yes. Yes. What, what's happening there? Well, because the stuff on the inside is not like the outside. And in order for us to get purified from the junk on the inside, 
God has to bring that stuff to the surface, and he does that most often by putting us through fiery trials. We go through difficulty. We go through suffering. We have to be in situations where things don't go the way we want. And unfortunately, most of us would rather be comfortable than holy. We'd rather be well thought of than pure. Folks, that's all the time we have for today, but we hope you're enjoying this message and we hope you'll be sure to tune in next time when, Lord willing, we'll bring you the conclusion. You don't want to miss it. Meanwhile, please pray for us and consider making a contribution that will support us in this ministry. For more information and to access ministry resources, we'd love for you to call us at 866-41-ABIDE or you can visit our website, pastorwood.org. That's pastorwood.org. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments you want to make, I want to invite all of you to contact us at 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at pastorwood.org. That's pastorwood.org.